Hello and welcome back to The Furnace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In 1928, Sydney hosted the 29th International Eucharistic Congress, a gathering of the Catholic faithful to bear witness to the mystery of Corpus Christi, the body of Christ. Over 500,000 people gathered in Hyde Park in front of St. Mary's Cathedral for benediction of the Blessed Sacrament. Now you might say that this was the coming of age of the Catholic Church in Australia as it made its first great public manifestation of faith, displaying palpably in a largely non-Catholic city its unity of belief and practice in the Eucharist. Now, why was Sydney chosen to host this worldwide Catholic event? 1928 meant that the Church and Australia itself were still very young. The Assistant Secretary of the Congress noted that it is a fact that Australia owes its privilege of hosting the Congress to the impression made on Pope Pius XI by a singular incident that happened over a century earlier in 1818 surrounding Father Jeremiah O'Flynn. Now this past year, we were celebrating 200 years of the first appointed Catholic chaplains to Australia, Irish fathers John Terry and Philip Connolly, when they arrived on 3rd of May 1820, beginning the formal development of the Catholic Church in Australia. I'm not sure if you know much about how the church in Australia started, but before these two pioneer priests, there was a kind of prehistory which involved Father Jeremiah O'Flynn and especially the Blessed Lord in the Eucharist. At the time, Australia had no official chaplain. Before Father O'Flynn, there were three other priests who were convicts, but they were charged for being complicit in the Irish Rebellion and one of them, Father James Dixon, because of his exemplary behaviour, was eventually allowed to celebrate the first Mass in Australia on the 15th of May 1803, but after a few years he returned home to Ireland. And thus, the some 6,000 or so Catholics, nearly all of them Irish at the time, had no priest to minister to them for over a decade. That was until Father Jeremiah O'Flynn volunteered to come and be the first chaplain to Sydney in 1817. The only problem was that he came unannounced. He had no approval from the British government, so when he arrived, the governor of Sydney, Governor Macquarie, refused to accept him and had him banished from the colony. He was rather a rebellious priest. However, he did not leave immediately as he remained in Sydney for a further six months while they were trying to find proof of his appointment. During that time, he secretly conducted baptisms, confessions, marriages and masses in Catholic homes. But he is most remembered, however, to have reserved the Blessed Sacrament in the house of James Dempsey or William Davis in Kent Street at the last mass he celebrated in Sydney Town. That house is the place where St. Patrick's Church Hill near Wynyard currently stands. For Father O'Flynn left the consecrated host there, going against canon law, 
and while there was no priest or mass, the faithful managed to gather daily to keep vigil before the Blessed Sacrament, reciting the Rosary, teaching the Catechism, and offering prayers before the Lord. And their prayer was that a priest would eventually be assigned to Sydney. Archbishop Polding, the first bishop of Australia, said that this was the site where the Catholic faith was cradled and concealed and its mysteries worshipped. You might even say that the church in Australia was born here. As the faithful prayed before the Blessed Sacrament, priests were then soon guaranteed. Because what happened was that when Father Jeremiah O'Flynn was shipped back home, he petitioned London to send chaplains, and therefore the first official Catholic chaplains, John Terry and Philip Connolly, arrived in 1820. This was the singular incident that inspired Pope Pius XI to choose Sydney to host the Eucharistic Congress in 1928, because the beginnings of the Church in Australia surrounded the faithful gathering around the Eucharist and forming a Eucharistic community, keeping the faith alive against the odds. I say these words on the 21st Sunday of Ordinary Time as we end the Gospel of John's Bread of Life discourse. And like the early Catholics in Australia, let us take to heart the words of St. Peter when he says to Jesus today, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we believe. Let us pray. O God, who caused the minds of the faithful to unite in a single purpose, grant your people to love what you command and to desire what you promise, that amid the uncertainties of this world, our hearts may be fixed on that place where true gladness is found. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.